0: Amen. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So as I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, we're going to be talking about the persistent widow. So it was kind of like a little bit of a teaser or kind of got ahead of myself. But that's all right. We'll we'll get into it. Uh, First of all, Grove, I want to thank you for your heart of missions, for your heart of for the next generation. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about my trip to Africa. You can go up, throw up that slide if, if, if it's working, it's all right. I kind of want to work my way back because the best part was the Africa trip, and I, but I also got to spend some time in London, England England, with our Speed the Light missionary, the Fishers, Eric Fisher right there, and that is his Speed the Light car that Southern Missouri purchased for him. Can you give God praise for what the youth of this district is doing around the world. The Fishers are the only AG missionary in all of England and that area over there. So it is a dark place, and there is only one of his kind. But he is doing the ministry of work. They are, they have a baby bank of what they do. So they take donations from uh, local food banks, local baby, you know, diaper banks, and they provide all of that for their need for their community around. I didn't have I didn't have time to post all this all these pictures on social media, but I, I will I will eventually get to it. But he sent us a picture after on a Sunday after we had all gone back to our places of that vehicle just full of baby diapers and just full of baby clothes, and there's like, this is only one trip, and we have two more to make today, that they are doing all, so thank you for allowing me, and entrusting in me to go and represent Oak Grove Assembly of God in Kenya, Africa, and in London, but it is my privilege today to uh, uh, hold this sacred office, Pastor Ron and Miss Melissa are on vacation, they are taking some well-deserved time off, being here 20 years, being in ministry. And you know, in ministry, ministry is not just what you see on Sundays and what we had on Wednesdays. It's it's every day of the week and it's all hours of the night. So for them to be able to get some time away and to be able to refresh and come back healthy, come back even better than what they left whenever they uh, were, were here. But I, I get the privilege today of speaking to you guys. So this trip, was a great trip. There was about eight of, well, technically it was six youth pastors and then a senior pastor and then a future up and coming intern that he he has a heart for youth ministry. So we all got to go and experience these water wells that were all over Africa. And so this was one of their trucks. So this is a water uh, a water tanker where they transported their clean, fresh water to the nation To the tribes around, this dude is an off-road monster. If if I have ever seen one in my entire life, it's got massive wheels and the tread on that is like the Grand Canyon. It is thick, and it, if you've been down, been to Africa and you've been on the the African massage, hello, has somebody heard of that before? Well, that's what they call their roads, because it's an African massage. It's not really a massage, that's a bad one, but. The, the, the heart for this the, these speed light vehicles. I took a picture of it. There's a speed, there's a big old speed of light sticker plastered on the side of that. And I saw that and I was like, that was my students. That's what we did. That's what Oak Grove in Springfield, Missouri did is purchase that vehicle for them to be able to go out into these tribes so that where they don't have water, that they now have access to clean water. So of course I'm a youth pastor. So I got to do something funny. Yeah, I I can. I I have to I have to live up to my standards. So our tour guide, you know, they're 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 pure blood African, pure blood. And African uh in Kenya at least, the main language is English. But it's it's African English, which you can understand it, but it's it's so funny. So our tour guide his name was Mike. Mike has seen some stuff. Alright. Not this one particular, but you know, this story, he, he uh wrestled a water buffalo. Yep. So he is wrestled. Now the other tour guide, he headbutted a lion. So like he he's up there, but like you have to headbutt a lion before you're able to be at the very top, right? Well Mike, he's never he never chews gum, but he's all that's how he does. That's how he does. He's walking around. And he's he's looking at us. I'm like, like I was like, Are You chewing gum? He's like, No, that's just how I am. It's all right. He introduces himself. He's like, Hi, my name's Mike. I was like, Mike, my name is Bear. He's a bear. We have no bears in Africa. It's like, Well, I will be the first bear in Africa. He says, Oh, welcome, the first bear to Africa. And then that was the, I was our first interaction together. And then after that, I left and I was like, well, I'll be back. And he said, all right, I will welcome the bear from Africa. So it was a good time. They, they are, they are wild drivers. They have some, I, I repented of my sins like nine times in one day, like legit, like we are, we're, you are on a highway and i i i'm be i'm a i am i am I kind of have this tendency now since i've been being in africa so if I ever cut you off I'm sorry it's just my African way coming out so they they'll just be on a two lane two lane highway you know, and it'll be backed up a little bit. They don't care they would drive opposite direction there is a semi coming and he is not stopping the semi is coming straight at you, and then with just a little bit of space he's like, I got time, I got time It wasn't it wasn't a spiritual renewal trip, but I was definitely spiritually renewed on this trip. So but we got to see Africa. We got to see the second world's largest slums. And I got the privilege of teaching this part of that in in the youth. And they had never some of them never heard of a slum before. So I was able to show pictures. It is just a, such a dark place. And it's it's so sad when you come from. United States, and you've never been out. this is my first time out of the United States. You realize how blessed we are. We are a really, really blessed country, and it's all because of our faithfulness to God now, whether or not we're still faithful, I know Oak Grove is faithful to God, and I know our country needs to be, and we're going to get to we're going to get there, but just seeing the just the sad the the harshness of Africa. And even in London, England, where they had stuff, you know, you go and we walked down London streets and we were about to turn on to uh, this. We were trying, trying to cut to the next street over where, the, where there was a place where we wanted to see. Apparently it was part of a Harry Potter series. I'd never watched it. I was not allowed to when I was growing up because witchcraft. But uh, some of the other youth pastors didn't have a mama like I did. So. So they were just geeking out about this train station, Piccadilly Station. I guess it's famous, I guess. And you know, and they they tried to cut across, and there was a big old guy in a suit at the edge of the corner. We didn't ask him questions. He just he just says, "Hold on, wait, where are you going?" He said, "I see you guys are not from here." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're not." Yeah. He's like, "Is that a Texas accent?" I was like, "No, okay, just whatever." But he said, stop, hold on, don't go down this path because there are seven robbers waiting for somebody to walk down this path. And I know we have that in 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 America, but just, like, there is still just, like, the overwhelming sensation of, like, being in the United States and in Springfield, we are blessed. We are truly blessed. But while I was riding around in our little taxi cab, they love Toyotas, by the way, so my wife is. If she ever moves anywhere, that she can move to Africa because she loves Toyotas. But there were some weird store names when we were there. Now, whenever – now, okay, I know. You're really like, okay, really? this We're going to get into this? But it's kind of I, – I laughed. I laughed about it. Okay. So some weird store names, and they get straight to the point. They tell you exactly what the store is about and just whatever. So they have Sweet Dreams Bar and Lounge. Two times two uh double the sweet dreams, I guess. Instead of a pharmacy, they're called chemists. And we had a youth pastor like get an allergy attack and he had to go to a chemist. And I'm just and it's like it is barred up. It is in like on the outside of town, on the side of the street. I'm like, I would I would die. I would not I would not go in there. But they have chemists or med stations, they have a total energies. And by you want to take a guess, what that is? It's gasoline. It's their gas stations. And then they had this. This was really funny. They had a Texas Center. It was like, it was like a little shopping mall called Texas Center. They had Texas Energy Gas, Texas Chicken, Texas Meds, Texas Lounge, Texas Lumber, and a Shell gas station. They had a blue transport bus that the bus was painted green. Bubbles dry cleaning. They had a, like the, uh, so like in, I-N-N. So like, like an in, right? In food stores. So I-N-N food stores. They had, you can, it's, this is all in one area. You can go and get breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. You got breakfast in, coffee in, pizza in, chicken in, and creamery in. That's their ice cream place. There was a Miami hotel with a little transplanted palm tree right outside the door. It was kind of cute. They had, if you like it, buy it lumber. If you like it, just go ahead and buy it. They had some Coke shops, which I think what it is, is that they just had this one Coca-Cola sign as like their template, and then they would put whatever the store was on the soap. So you had Coke creative shops coke plumber i don't i'm not gonna ask questions a coke eat and drink that actually made sense a coke sleep a coke high resort which was actually pretty low to the ground so i don't know how they got that and then a coke jesus is the winner shop so we like i I didn't go into that one but i was like hey i I like that one right there then they had a rocky driving school Understatement, but yep, that's true. They had a SOMO Biscuits. We didn't go. We we took a picture. We were like, you know, we can't go. We don't have time. They had a Charlie's arcade. And I was like, I had to add that. And then finally, a KFC. <laughs> so we're gonna get into some pictures of this. I'm I'm not gonna keep you all very long, but we're gonna get into it and we're just gonna share my experience with Africa and I already told you a little bit about London but so this is our team this was in front of one of the a rift i don't remember the call but that's our team uh and then that's um the part of the kenyan team the guy all the way to your right standing up the african guy it's like really cool he's the one that headbutted the lion so so he's seen some stuff too he's he's had a life and this is the world served compound. And when I say, Oak Grove, that this place is truly blessed and has the favor of God is an absolute understatement. Africa is dry. Africa is has brown grass. It has it sometimes does it just dirt. You walk straight into this compound, and all you see is luscious green grass, beautiful palm trees, and the and just the spirit of God just hits you, and you just feel it come over you, and you're like, This is a safe place. This is a good place. And we also found out that WorldServe doesn't just do water wells. They also do sanitary pads for women. Disposable, uh, biodegradable sanitary pads. They gave us an entire illustration about it. They were very, very proud of it. And it's it's just an incredible thing to see. They were just so pumped to have us, and we were excited to be there, too. So This was our church that we uh were that uh, was out uh, that we preached at on Sunday. I was sick unfortunately, but this was the church that I would have preached at that right there is a scaffolding of the water well directly outside the front doors of this church and because that this this is a blessed church because it they are able to take from the the water down in the well and to provide uh running water showers running bathrooms inside that church and in the apartment buildings that's what their apartment buildings look like the apartment buildings around the church and clean water so they were able to provide that and it's right outside the front door of the church and it's great this is the beautiful inside I loved their designs you know as you can tell like I, I like color probably a little too much color but I like the lime greens I like the purples I like I got white shoes on today. I kind of tried to keep it past low past, low youth pastor, low key. But I I love their designs and it's just that it's just beautiful. So there's you have two pulpits, the English speaker pulpit and then the translator pulpit. That's what you're seeing up there. And so it's a great time. This was our Bible. One of the Bible schools that we got to see. There is about 50 kids represented in this picture. And all the somo team is just in the back. You probably can't. Eat. This was a huge picture, but these kids were just so precious. I, I I don't. I hate being this way, but I think we were probably the first white people that they have ever seen, and they're just staring at us. They're, they're they're just so happy. We got we got to do a little like their their African dance and all that stuff and their worship song. We got to preach for them as well, and they just they absolutely just loved us and. We love them, and it was just—it was a great time. Uh, the two different colors—I uh, had somebody in youth ask—the two different colors represents what religion you're a part of or your family origin. The green is a Christianized family; it's like your your family was raised in, in Christ. But this is a church Bible school, Christian AG church Bible school, and it's just how they were raised. So the green represents their church. The all brown a uh, blue and shorts is muslim and then if you have both you have a brown or a blue and a green means you had a mix a half and half family but they're still learning the word of god in this church they're not learning the quran they're not learning uh buddha they're learning about jesus christ and it's just it, it the, and i i asked the president i was like how are you? like how does the families of the muslim kids react to this. They're like, we, they he said they accept Jesus as well, you know, because Jesus in the Quran was just a prophet. He was just a good man. And they teach Muslim as a, at their house, but they, they want a Christian school for their kids. And we showed up about five minutes before, uh, their school started. There was about three or four kids maybe within like minutes 50 kids just they they literally jumped out of a bush some of them and then they just appeared it's a it's a, it's it's it was wild they they were they were getting bussed in there i saw a little bitty this poor motorcycle right this poor this motorcycle had a husband had a wife and three kids all on it at the same time this thing was low to the ground if you hit a bump too bad that little one's flying off the back legit. But they all were, they, they, that's how they got back and forth. And some of these kids were coming from miles and miles away. The president showed a mountain, or uh, a hill or a mountain range. And he said, some of the kids are on top of that mountain. That's how far they have to come down. This mountain is a long ways away. And we were able to put, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. This was the water that they used to have to get. This is how they used to drawing all the water this is you know she's giving us a little demonstration while the guy in the blue suit who's the president telling us about this water and how they have to share it with the cattle and with all the wild animals and it's it gets nasty and here's an even even closer picture of just that's the water they had to drink that's what they had that they had they had to take that and they would take big old barrels full of, and this is only if it rained this is only rain. This is not a replenishing puddle. This, this is basically a big puddle. It's not a replenishing fountain or a river or anything. This is, if it rains, they had this water, and so we were able to. Southern Missouri also was able to put in this water well, and I tried to get. I wanted to get a video in it because they they timed it perfectly. This World Serve team that we were able to be there and watch as. The, the exact moment when they drilled that well down in there deep enough and shut the water all the way up and actually exposed the water for the very first time. I got that on video. They had never had water there before, but now they do. And in the little bitty pipes that you can see on the side, there was one on that uh, wooden horse and then there's one on the ground. Those are about five meters long. And they cost 5000 U.S. American dollars. And a lot of times these wells are at least two to 300 meters deep. So you can just imagine how much money. I'm not a mathematician. I'll let my wife do that. And she's taking care of Charlie, so I'm not going to ask her. But you can just imagine how much money that is. And some of these are even deeper and further down. They hope that it's about hundred to two hundred meters deep. So what they do is they drill, they don't just drill right at the top so they can get the top. They go all the way to the bottom where there is no more water and come a little bit up because you want to drain that water in there completely dry. Because that's how you get the most water. And so what they did is they were able to get all the way down to the bottom. There's about three, four hundred Meters down, which probably should have thought about this. I don't know how that how that equates to uh, inches or yards, but you have Google for that to figure it out. But we were able to be there whenever they shot the water up and just the whole crowd. It was a whole family ordeal. It's like you don't just send your kids to church. They're, your mom and dad is also at church, too, or they're also at the school or wherever you are, or they're also. They were all surrounding us while we were watching this. And they were just talking with us. They loved ta- asking us questions. And so everybody is there at this site. And then just the, the roar of celebration and praising God. They started singing worship songs, I, I assume. I hope so. It was in African, it was, in, it was whatever their language is. They just started praising God. They just went wild because they, they have, for the first time, clean water. And I want to go back. These kids right here at this Bible school, what God hit me hard, he said, find the youngest in there. So I looked, and, you know, not right now, in the picture, but, like, there was this little bitty guy. I think he was the guy. He literally was this tall. He came to my, my knees. God said, that little boy never has to want water ever again. That little boy, for the rest of his life and many generations to come, will never need clean water. Will never have that water again. He will always have clean water. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you that our, our kids are able to participate in that, to have that, to be able to say, we did that. And maybe in heaven, those, these little little kids will come up to us and say, hey, were you the one that? Provided the water for us. Were you the one that I saw uh in in the end of March in this random year I'm like this is the only time I went to Africa. By the way, I am called to be a youth pastor in the United States of America. I'm not I'm not a missionary and thank you, missionaries. You really have you really have a good you know, you really have a good calling and just but I'm called here for sure, and I know that now. And then they chose me to dedicate this Southern Missouri uh, water well. They chose me, and the the guy in the blue suit is the president. He said, "Thank you, Bear." They were so, they, they were. Out, my name was Bear Rar. The kids thought it was hilarious. They're, and one of the kids like, "What's a bear?" <laughs> I just said it's my name, and so kind of made me feel bad, but whatever. I wanted, I really wanted so bad to take a picture and say that's a bear, he, and, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have cared. But he said that you know when when we prayed over this that water well, that we touched God, and I, I just I just the whole trip I was thinking I was like God, you have your hands on everything that's going on, and you allow my students because I felt. I felt ashamed. I felt sad. Why am I experiencing this? My, I didn't do this. I'm the one that submitted all the Speed of Light money at the end. I'm, I'm not the one that raised all of it. It's my kids. It's our students. It's you guys. You guys should have been the ones to be there to see what you guys did, not me. So I was very humbled that I was able to get to go. And bring back this so that you get to have a little bit of an open window and open door to what actually went on. I haven't even gotten to my message yet. This is good. This is the day that we all got fried. None of us wore a hat, and some got fried more than others. <laughs> this was day one, so that was that was a really good way, really good way to start to start the day. So, but as you can see, like youth pastors. We, we're dumb, some of us. Like, we we don't care if the club, well, I did in that because I'm actually the only one wearing long sleeves. A lot of the youth pastors, they don't care if it's functional. If it looks good, somebody brought Yeezys to Africa. 50, 60, you know, probably a lot more. Dollar shoes to Africa. I'm like, nah, I'm going to bring my tennis shoes and I'm going to look like a slump. a a bum, but they're like, we're wearing our jean jackets, we got our joggers on, got white shoes, those shoes was not white at the end. But that's, so, yeah, and then after that, you'll see a picture later uh, of us all later, and we're all very covered up. They figured out that, you know, functionality over looks, because nobody there cares what you look like. Functionality is better, because it hurt a lot. So this is how they would gather water this is another site this site was so plentiful that they actually put in two spigots because of how much water was in that uh was in that reserve down there and they would just they would fill up all those canisters and there was a lot more that's just right in front of it you had to like make one of these actions for how many how many barrels there was waiting to get filled and a little close up look at at just there I didn't take this picture but I'm just going to say it. It looks really good, so I stole it. But that was the same time. We was there. I saw them. I talked to him. It was a good time. And this is the uh, the big reserve well. So what they did is they, they got it out of the ground. And this is their backup to their actual well, what you saw. And so I think we asked like how much water is pumped out per day. And they said anywhere from 200 to 400 milliliters of water gets pumped out of that well every single day and some people they don't just go one time they have to go multiple times a day one for clothes one for dishes one for actually drinking water and it's just it's a whole ordeal it's a whole life ordeal and they send the women because guys you're gonna like this in african culture the women are the ones that go and do the work they go get fetch water they're the ones that uh, kill the animals. They're the ones that cook. They're the ones that, you know, take care of the family of the kids, your kids, you train them. They're the ones that takes care of the farm. They're the one that takes care of all the planting, the seeding, the 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 reaping. The men, we just get to sit around and talk all day. That's legit. They they they, they just got around the fire and you saw them. There's like 17, 18 guys around the fire. They're just talking. It's called the community area. That's all they did. All day, every day, except for church, then they went to church. So y'all would like that, but discuss that with your wife after. So, I already told I already told Ruth, and Ruth is like, I'm not going to get into it. I had to sleep on the couch that night. But this is us at this water well site. Uh, as you can tell, we were all covered up because we were just burnt to a crisp. And that is the site. It says, for those of you, like, uh, I can't see it on that one, so I'll just read it to you. World Serve International Kenya, Kampa K K A G Kenya Assembly of God Church Clean Water Project number eighty six, sponsored by World Serve and Speed the Light. We got to hang, we got to watch that because I wasn't gonna climb up there and hang it, but we got to watch it be mounted to that water well that we just showed, and forever they would know that that water well, that eighty six project. Of water well and they have more they have more they're wanting to go to west africa south africa they want to expand more than just west africa or east africa and we got to be there for that and that's all of our maasai gear we all loved it they gave it to us they surprised us the guy at the end dylan glass glass or whatever. he's a youth pastor they gave him the elder stick that's just they thought he was the oldest of the group, <laughs> and so they gave him and the pastor the oldest and the pastor of it, and uh, they gave him that, and they gave me uh the the chief's wife gave me a a bracelet. So I thought, and I asked the chief's wife, I says, "What's this?" And she said, "Just take it." I said, "Okay." So I took it, and I was and I was I was showing it off to everybody because I was proud. And I asked the missionary, said, what does this mean? And the missionary said, it means that you are probably the highest honored guest that they've ever seen. And they wanted to honor you. I was like, I'm the only one that got it. He's like, then you're the highest honored guest. So I told everybody that after. I, I was not Joseph with his brothers. I was totally not. I was not showing off my coat of many colors. And then we come to this. This is probably my favorite picture out of the entire the entire trip and it's going to lead us into our message today this is an empty water hole that tribe that we just saw had a geologist out they found this site that's right out right just on the outskirts of this tribe geologists did all this work they 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 said there's water they said there's plenty of water it's about Two hundred milliliters of, of water down in there, it's about, it's about two hundred meters down, so we can get to it. It comes up empty. The geologist was stunned. He's like, like I saw it, and again, like I said, those those pipes' it's five hundred or five thousand dollars five thousand u s dollars, which would be five hundred million Kenyan shillings. It's a lot of money. But it came up empty. They were the the whole the whole tribe was just discouraged. They were hurt. They were like, We 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 heard from God. God was going to give us what we wanted. He was going to give us this water. He was going to be able to supply so we didn't have to want anymore. And the chief heard from God. You know what he said? God told the chief, keep digging. And that's all he said. Just keep digging. And so the chief, he he, he reached out to the world serve. He said, "I feel like God's telling us to keep digging, to find something." He said, well, "It's how much is it going to be? How long is it going to take?" He said, well, "We'll we'll send out another geologist. We'll, we'll get a we'll, we'll get the same guy. We'll see what he says, and we'll get another one just to make sure." They look around. They find what looks to be. A tiny bit of water, and they're like, we, "We're going to do it. We're going to trust God. We're going to say that God, this is it, and we're going to pray that God doubles it." When they got the geologist got all the paperwork done, it's a long process, and the government is kind of, kind of crooked in Kenya, and so they had the geologist out. They had the world-served world team out, and they kept digging. Turns out, that water well I just showed you that we dedicated southern Missouri, that was that water well. It was two times the amount of what was supposed to be in this bull hole. What was supposed to be in this well was two times the amount what God had promised. And if he, the the chief had not listened to God to keep digging, they would still not have water. So my question to you today is keep digging. Today we're going to talk about the persistent widow. Persistency, I I I I, I was, we've all heard it, we've all heard this parable, and I just this last week I was like, you know what? That's what the chief did. The chief kept digging. He did not give up. They did not give up hope. The meet it was about 400 meters down. It was a little bit further than what they thought, but they didn't care. They believed in God and they just needed to keep digging. So with the chief's persistence, that tribe now has clean water. God knows our situation. God knows where we are. God knows what's going to happen which will lead us into our passage today in Luke 18, verses 8 through 1. It says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. In other translations, it says not give up. He said, in certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to him himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by, my, by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And and will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith. Will he find faith on earth? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. For the ability to be able to preach and learn about your word today, Lord, as we are learning about prayer and persistent prayer and not giving up and the continual petitioning for our needs, let us have an open mind and open heart to for you to speak to us today, in Jesus' name, Amen. Now I'm not going to take long today. My youth pastor, uh, Pastor Steve, he always told me, he says, "Bear." Kiss it. It's like kiss what? He said he said no not kiss what. Just kiss it. Keep it simple, son. It's like, all right. Alright, Steve. So I'm gonna kiss it today, y'all. And our uh our, our kids pastors are like, okay, now we're gonna have to hurry because he doesn't take very long. But Jesus was not concerned about whether or not they get the uh Get the point. He was he was concerned that they get the point, but he wasn't concerned at that moment of whether or not, you know, their little need or whatever was was getting met or like whatever they want. He was more concerned in them learning the dil to pray diligent. He was he, that his followers followers were were to be consistent and diligent in their prayer, that they would not give up at just one and done prayers. Because how in the world are you going to be able to get a one sometimes that's good. You know, we oftentimes we we want to do that like a little vending machine. You go you go to God saying, like, uh, I want a Snickers bar, I want a Coke, and then uh answer my prayer in Jesus' name. You know, kinda of like that. God's not a vending machine. He's always there for us. He always wants to communicate to us. And this is what God or Jesus is trying to Get his followers to understand. This, is just be consistent and diligent in your prayer, which leads. So I see three things. I see more, but in this passage, three things today because I don't want to. I don't want to go until tonight preaching about this because I can't. But I see three things that God wants Oak Grove to learn today. And he wanted me to learn. Number one is this: prayer is our direct line to God simple prayers are direct direct line to god prayer is our main way of communication with god not just with god but with everybody right so for ruth i love picking on ruth but i I love her so much you probably all saw my uh i I don't gloat about it but i love my facebook posts i gave to her for mother's day and her love language is words i'm really bad at words so like if i get something good i'm gonna like hold on to that for like some time i'm gonna take a screenshot of that every mother's day i'm just gonna send her this repost that same thing and she came up to me the other day she's like you know what you're gonna to have to love me more than just one time a day uh, one time a year took a screenshot and send that to her and i says is not good enough no it's like, all right let me reword it then and send it back to you. I took out some stuff, and she's like, this isn't good enough. I was like, okay, well, how how much so? That, that's not just with our spouse. It's not just with our friends. It's also with God. How can you have a relationship with somebody if you don't communicate, if you don't talk to them? If you talk to someone once or twice a year, do you know about their family life? Do you know about what their kids are doing? You know, maybe you get like a big old snapshot of You know, like, this is what they did in the last six months. This is what they're going to do in the next future six months. You can't just talk to God once or twice a year. So in the youth, I asked Ruth, and she said, it should be okay. I asked Ruth about this story. We have a fantasy football league. We don't do it for money in the youth. We don't do it for money. We totally do it for bragging rights, and I'm pretty good. I... But so, so you have a fantasy league and, and football and you, ha- you read about football. Like I read about like how they did last year. I, I really read about like what their projections are, what they're going to do. You know, I, I feel like I know this guy. Like, oh, OK, this guy, like I follow him on Twitter. Like I know what he, I know what he's eating tonight. Like I follow him. I read everything about him. I know what he's going to do. I know how good of a player he is or how bad of a player he is. But I know about him, and I think I know about his character, but I really don't because I haven't talked to him. It's different to read about God and his love for you in the Bible, but why don't you open your, close your Bible and pray and talk to him and actually hear his? Because it's one thing to read about a player than you actually know a person. So you can read about God all day long, and I'm not telling you, don't get me wrong, don't tell me. Don't tell go tell pastor say pastor verse said stop reading the Bible. I didn't say that. I said in addition to take time, talk to God, because when you sit down and you talk to God, you'll be able to communicate your love and you get His heart and you get His love and you get His peace and His hope because He's able to speak to you and communicate with you back. It's not enough just to read about Him. To know who He is, you must communicate with Him. And understand his heart. The second thing I found is, in this life, we will face troubles. It's it's almost a certainty. There are injustices in this world. All as Christians, we face battles every single day of our life. And to be a, and to be a good example for our kids, I always used to say that as like, be a good example, and then move on. Now that I have Charlie, and I see that he is very much like me, and it's scary. Like, he's starting to uh, open his mouth whenever I start eating. And I'm like, son, I'm not feeding you. Okay, this is my food. Anyways, but he he stares at coffee. He stares at my, I was going to say Diet Coke, but it's not Diet, it's just regular Coke. He stares at my Mountain Dew, and I'm like, "Son, chill. Okay, this is mine." But anyways, being a good example, probably I should put down the Coke and drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard because Parent Panera has the the free sips, like, and that covers all soft drinks. So like, I go there four or five times a day. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be a good example. But it's hard. It's hard. I thought I was doing good. I think I am. Ruth isn't in here to tell me otherwise. So I think I'm doing good. But this generation that's coming up, they are getting hit hard with this postmodernism, with this Darwinism, with this, this you know, evolution. I I I can't tell you and it's sad. How many times as a youth pastor in mine and Ruth's 10 years of being in youth ministry, how many times we've had to answer the question, did we come from monkeys or not? As something that I grew up in, I grew up with a biblical foundation. I grew up in church. I grew up, these kids are growing up in church. I'm I'm not saying that they're not, but the influence at school, the questions are now getting really, really weird. Did God really create two genders? This generation is getting attacked. And our, our, our students here are phenomenal. But I can just imagine of the questions that they are getting every single day in school with their friends. Persistent prayer, praying consistently for our students. It's concerning. So we face battles. The persistent widow faced an injustice, faced battles, but didn't give up hope. God is our friend. And I know with prayer, it feels like we're not doing much because how I grew up, I was like, if if I have to fix it, I'm going to fix it. Sometimes you have to take it into a different level and fix it on a different level what i mean by that is this this earth and this flesh is how the devil works it's how he tempts us and how he questions us it's how he gets us to doubt so i don't fight him on this level i go up to god and i fight him on that level because in that level he has no power Can i get an amen i like that one i got chills Take your prayers, take your situations to the next level where God, where where devil does not have power and God has all the power. Come on, somebody. That's good right there. And how we do that in youth, we do every opportunity that we can for to equip our students for that battle. Teaching them that that battle is not on earth, but it's in the heavens and it's spiritual battle. One way we do that, and it starts tonight, it's called ID. It used to be called war. As soon as I got in there, I was like, I'm going to rebrand it, and I'm going to keep it going. We call it ID. What's ID? ID is impact discipleship. It's impacting their discipleship. It's also called ID because they're also figuring out who they are in Christ. It's big brain. All, all, all the kids were like, oh, cringe, because they know what big brain is. But big brain just means I thought about it a lot, and I'm smart. But that's the whole point of our ID program. We, Yes, it's, it's, it's a silly competition that doesn't mean much. They get a reward at the end, but what they're getting is more than just mini golf and, and Andy's ice cream. They're getting lifelong tools to read their Bible consistently to take notes of sermons, to be able to pray and ask God persistently and know how to fight their battles. They're able to memorize passages. Why do we have memorization as an entire thing? And it's a lot of points is because when it comes time and you are asked those questions, if you have a Bible verse that you can pull out, that you have memorized when you were a kid, that takes your battle from here Into the heavens because satan has no more power and so that's what we do and that's what we believe in and we and our kids are great We have several students That read the bible Cover to cover every single year. We had a couple read it cover to cover twice In the amount of time that it took To do id I want that So now i'm challenging them i'm gonna beat them this year but anyways, I always challenge them that every year, and I always get beat out for some reason. It's not like I, I pray. I read my Bible. But, like, some of these kids, like, they get into it. And I love it because it's more than just getting points. It's more than just winning. It's more than just a silly competition. They're getting. They may not know it. So they, they know it now because I'm saying it. But they, they may not have known that if they're developing these skills at this age, that will impact them the rest of their life. So when they face these troubles, they know who to run to. They know who to go to instead of trying to do it on their own. So we give our students, Ruth and I give our students every opportunity and every weapon possible to challenge this world and to challenge evil forces for the rest of their life. And ideas, just a small part of it, but since it's the summertime, since they have nothing else better to do, read your Bible, pray, take notes on Sunday morning ask questions we love that so the third thing that i see in this passage is this persistent prayer demonstrates our trust in and faith in god we have had to answer this question multiple times Ruth and i as a, as a youth pastors pastor bear if if god already knows our questions if God already knows our needs. Why do we need to pray? Because he's all knowing. Well that's a good question. Go ask Ruth. No, I'm kidding. It's it's like being a father. I know that I know this now. I know when my son is hungry. I know that when he gets hungry, Ruth is gonna feed him. Sometimes he has to let us know in, in, in another way that he's hungry. We we all know he's like okay he hasn't an eaten two hours he's asleep you know, he belly's empty he had the bathroom he went to the bathroom not literally she's we haven't got him potty trained yet so we know he's hungry we know that he needs to eat sometimes he just has to let us know. And he definitely lets us know cause he's my son. How much more does our father know how much we need, but he doesn't want it to be like a complaining thing. Oh God, you haven't answered my my prayer yet i I know I need this. He just wants that communication. It's weird, I like when my baby cries. I like hearing his voice. No, I don't let him cry for long cause that's mean, and you know don't 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 tell Gary and get, get him taken away but I, I I like hearing I like hearing my baby's voice, and how much more does God love hearing our voice? It's not about you know God not answering our prayers. it's not about why do we need to pray. It's all about communication. He wants to hear from us. God is not reluctant to answer our prayers. He wants to demonstrate uh His power for us, and He wants us to depend on him when we pray we begin to align ourselves with god's heart and purpose and his desires become our desires while i was reading this i was i I was pressed i was asked a question i was like what's the difference between persistence and desperation those are two different things you know sometimes persistency uh can oftentimes be translated or looked at as like you're just desperate and that's all you're praying for. That's 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 all you want. You're just desperate. When it's completely different. So this is the dictionary, Google's definition. Persistence follows a predictable and uh cadence with desperation while desperation does not. Desperation is different than persistence because it stems from the need to control others. So when when, when we pray and we're we're persistent in our prayers, a lot of times I'm gonna be honest, I'm not a control freak, but I know somebody who is. Ruth. Um she's still not in here, so we're we're still good. And it's not a bad thing. If you are a control freak, that's okay. It's just you want to have that control. You want to have that power. But sometimes that power and that desperation can can turn into desperation for that control. That's not what persistence is. Persistence, this will help somebody. So if you you want to write this one down, this one's good. This one's good right here. Continuing persistency is continuing to bring a need to Christ, but it does not show a lack of faith. It is the exact opposite. It demonstrates our trust and faith in God. The persistency behind it is not to want control of it. It's not to want to control the situation or the matter at hand. It is demonstrating that it's not my battle to fight. It's God's battle, and it's my job to just ask because it shows faith going to him over and over. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. And sometimes the only way to do that is to answer your prayer with weight so that he can get that interaction, so that he can have that consistent communication with him. It does not show a lack of faith. It shows the trust that we have in God. I could have the worship team come back up which oftentimes means sermon number two. You were ready? Buckled in? Did I have that? Did I have that down? Yeah. Faithful, persistent prayer allows us to continually acknowledge that our concerns belong to God. That's all persistence. Persistence is not, you know, continuously nagging. It's the faith that's behind that. Faithful persistence allows us to continually acknowledge our concerns belong to God. Persistent prayers release us from the anxiety and allows us to demonstrate pure dependence on God. Sometimes God has to take us to to rock bottom before he is able to really get a hold of us and have us to learn and listen to him. How does this apply to the empty well, you may ask? It's a great question. If this chief did not trust God, he said, he told me, he says, I know there's water here. Because God told me there's water here. And if God tells you, and he tells us all the time, that your needs are important to him. He tells us that you are important and you matter. wants to talk to us. If we have to have that faith, the chief had faith that God told him there was water on that land. It is an assemblies of God property. God used the assemblies of God to put a water well there. But if the chief would have given, given up, that tribe would not have And I asked the chief, this is, how did you know to keep going? How did you know? He just said, God told me to keep digging. Just keep digging. And not give up. Would you stand with me today? My encouragement to you, Oak Grove, is this. Keep digging. It's not a lack of faith. It is the sign of a faith that can be renewed and be entrusted and be empowered because it's not desperation. It is persistence and God wants to answer your prayers. So what are you praying for in your life? What are you patiently waiting for God to answer? Whatever that is, whatever just came to your mind, whatever feeling you have, keep digging. When it seems like you've hit rock bottom and there's no water in the well, keep digging. When it feels like everybody around you is telling you that it's not going to happen and that you should stop and should cut, cut all losses, keep digging. When that prodigal son or daughter has not come back yet, keep digging. Because if you keep digging, God will start using you. It's not desperation, it's persistence. It takes it from this level to the next. Keep digging. Oh, girl, because God hasn't answered a prayer yet does not mean he's not listening. It means we need to keep digging. A lot of times, our timing is not God's timing. We have a lot of My very first message I preached in youth, I tried to get our students to get this real early on. My watch is not God's watch. Some of them may remember that, some of them probably don't, but that's okay. But it still rings too. what my time says on my watch is not what God says, because God is never late. So keep digging. Keep digging. I'm going to be able to get you out to the early today keep digging don't give up hope because God did not show that to show desperation God wanted to teach his followers and teach us 2000 years later to keep digging and not give up don't forget about tonight come at 5 o'clock for the Borins' wedding shower 6 o'clock service if you uh, want to bring a side to uh, the Letterman's and the Brown's uh, your, uh, feeding talk to Miss Carol today and uh, we'll see y'all later tonight but let's pray God thank you so much for allowing us to To have the ability to meet together as a family, as a church, in your presence. Lord, we pray as we go today that we don't view our need as little. It is much. We know it is. And we know that you care. Let us keep digging. Let us not give up on what you have promised us. Let's keep digging. We thank you. And we love you. We praise you.